take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. I had the uh, I had a very strange dream two nights ago. Um, oh, well, I think we're about to hear it. Let's go. Yep, here's my strange dream. Boom, bring it on. So my dad was alive in the stream. Okay. My dad now my dad's died, been dead for about three and a half years. Right. And uh, I had an older father. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was like forty five when I was born or something like that. Mm. And um, he's from a different age. Was from a different age. And so as a result... He wasn't even from his age. He was from th- a different age. Fair enough. But he was also even when he was... <laughs> for the Viking age or some shit. Right. But so my dad um, never... Would, I don't think once ever like gave me a kiss. Hmm. And that's something that I think like... Um, I don't know. I think it is something split between the genders. Like fathers feel less inclined to kiss their children, mm-hmm. but you know you see it in films even, like like a even like a peck on the lips, like ah, you know, ma, you, right, right, right. Okay. So in the dream, I see him, and for some reason, it's one of those things. Like in a dream, you know something's true, even though it's never been stated. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that that's an issue that's like on the table. Hmm. Like so far, like nothing too crazy about dreams. That's what dreams are kind of for. Like, I'm having a dream because my father never, like, hugged me or whatever it is, right? Right. So, in the dream, I'm like, man, this is my, he's alive. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, he never gave me a kiss. Mm. So, my father comes over to give me a kiss. Like, a mm. little kiss on the lips. Like, a nice kiss. <coughs> you okay there, Tommy? You yeah. sound like you're dying, man. No, go ahead. It's not, it's, that's not your story. That's just me having uh, problems So, here. my father comes to give me a kiss. <laughs> oh, that's right. And I start. French kissing him. Ah, <laughs> shut up, Joe. <laughs> I swear you lying, mother. Seriously, this is serious, my dream. Uh, and then, and then I, I not only start. God damn it. Well, I start French kissing him, and then immediately, <laughs> that's like the small part of the dream. The rest of the dream is just me in a panic, trying to tell him, no, 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 no. My, honestly, uh, my tongue just happened to slip uh, out. I really didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, like worse than doing something embarrassing in your dream, and then being embarrassed in your dream. In that's the dream, terrible. I'm embarrassed and trying to like. Ugh. It's it's like you've done something wrong with a girl, but it's even worse because it's your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's a boy, and that's and that's not and that you're old fashioned. You I don't homophobe. know. Hey. Not, I don't know why you're screaming no, in the I mic, don't. by the way. Whoa, I don't know. I don't think I am. I think it's. I think, dude, if you want to be screaming in the mic, being a big old homo, you go ahead and do that. That's fine. Yeah, it is. I don't judge. But it was an interesting, interesting dream. Wow. Yeah, that's. I would call that an interesting, interesting. I bring it up because I don't know that I would ever repeat that to other people, though. But yeah, it's interesting. What? Why? You're not responsible. Kissing your dad—it's weird. No, (laughs) the thing you don't want to repeat to your your anyone else is that you were French kissing your dad. Not that you had a dream about it. You can tell dreams are what they are. Uh, They're the most interesting thing. I had a fantasy the other night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did I tell you it was a daydream? You got to pick your words right. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I was doodling in class and I had a daydream. I forgot to mention that that was part of it. I just thought it was interesting, and then and it was one of those dreams. Also, I I must have woken up because I remembered it, but I didn't remember it until later on in the morning, and I was like, oh. Oh, that is so bizarre. Because hmm. so much, so much panic was not in what was ha- what had happened, but my trying to. It's like everything else. It's the cover up. It's usually the cover up, not the event, right? I'm, just, right. I'm running around in the dream, like Dad, no, listen to me. Right. My tongue slipped. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I bring it up for obvious reasons. I, we can't wait to hear it. Oh, we're doing Robert Duvall. And oh, Robert Duvall. Oh, we're doing an episode on Robert Duvall for, for this uh, this side. Well, of, that's just great. Well, hold on a second. I want to do something unusual, and that's to go out oh. of order. Oh, man. No, normally, we go in chronological oh, order. Oh, shit. And I would like to start with our second sort of like chronologically made film, and that's 1979's <laughs> The Great Santini. The Great Santini. Let's do it. Because I'm, I'm going to say... Without any controversy, this is a, a film about father issues. Well, I, I think that's really fair to Based say. Based on the book written that's by the great... That's sort of like going, like, you know that thing about, like, World War II was kind of about Nazis to a certain extent. At least half of it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty good... It was an okay analogy. Thank you very much. I would have I gone with, that's like saying that The Godfather's sort of about the mafia. Right. That would have been the, God, the Godfather's sort of about Dagos. Better. It's sort of about Italians. So, um, the thing about Robert Duvall is this, like, you know, uh, I love Robert Duvall. Yeah. I think he's in that, that pantheon of actors. Um, he's in the same breath as like Gene Hackman. Yeah. Um, I would put I would him up him there G- with, 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 uh, Pacino. I mean, I, I would say he's, he's, okay. he's that good an right. actor. Right. Um, he's respected. Say, he's like but, Hackman in that I think he's that good, but I don't think he gets the respect of a Pacino and, I, and that's a shame. And, and yet one thing that's different about him than even Hackman is this, that for the most part, for someone who's remembered as greatly as he has been, as mm-hmm. one of like the great actors of all time, film actors of all time, he's had relatively few starring roles. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, you know, you got like Definitely um, a bridesmaid. the Rain people with uh, James Caan as the star, uh, uh, one of the first uh, Francis Ford Coppola vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, you have obviously Godfather 1 and Network. 2. Network. You have network. He's one of the he's one of the shining lights of that fucking movie, and he's like third bill, baby. And and also, I mean, like really, this one you know small segment in Apocalypse Now, but everyone remembers him yep. probably as well as Brando with like the sort of like yeah. I smell, I love the smell of napalm in the morning, smell of victory, yeah. Um, and then you know, of course, you can go outside of films that we would do, you know, on the Tender Mercies, and then and then you get some like you definitely get some starring roles, but they tend to be starring roles that are, are his like pet projects, like The Apostle. The Apostle, what a goddamn like, great um, movie that was. Tango, Assa- uh, uh, Tango Assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, he he lives half the year in Virginia on a farm, and the mm-hmm. other half in Argentina, where he is a a tango fanatic. Shut up. He's like a one. Is of he the, really? He's one of the country's great tango. Wow. Yes, or dancers tank, or whatever. Tangologist? He's he's taken with. I heard an interview one time where he was just like, it is the great uh, thing in my life. I wish I had done this instead of acting. Wow. Yeah. And so it's like famous. What a fucking tragedy that would have been. Well, I don't know. He's really great. Though. I gather that, but but he's also never mind. Well, okay, yeah, and so and 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 you know, everyone knows that like he got his start um, in To Kill a Mockingbird as right. Boo Radley, and you know, he was in those Twilight Zones, <laughs> and then sort of like relatively unknown until he was he burst on the scene. But he just he did, he was almost like the smart actor. Like he and Ned Beatty, who I know is a weird person to compare him to, but Ned Beatty has made probably more money than some of the more well known actors by being wow. like the great third build actor. Of right. Right, of right. all of these movies, sure, sure. So in that way, it's comparable. But okay, so we're so we're we're talking about oh. Robert, Robert Duvall. We're talking about 1979's The Great Santini, right. based on Pat Conroy's memoir, The Great Santini, of his father. About yeah, about being the son of um, uh, the this Force. Marine Colonel mm-hmm. yeah. who, who's a ballbuster, who's kind of a, who's kind of a lunatic. I mean, kind of a kind of a. Um, you know, like it still, it still has that teenage vibe, but but he's got all the power of being a marine fucking colonel. He's yeah. like a teenager with a with a jet and, a, and his marine colonel. It's like it's yeah. it's hard. It's one of those things too, where like it's also you know it's like um, I've always had I, this is actually this is the first time I think I've ever watched the movie from, like beginning to end. Okay, and I've always had it held up to me of like oh it was like uh, you know about how 
sort of abusive his father was. And it was right. like, it wasn't watching it. I'm like, you yeah. know, I've seen like, there's abusive fathers and this has qualities of abuse to it, but it has much more to do with this, how fucked up. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. It's not as abusive as some other. Oh, uh, some, some fathers won't kiss you until you finally have to uh, stick your tongue on them. I brother. swear to God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's like, it's, it wasn't, it's like, He's not someone. He's not just. A, he's like the abusive Boy, part isn't out, the Tom, big part. It said he's out of his fucking mind. That's the part that's a well, real that's problem. Well, that's the thing too. Is I I had seen it before. I saw it once on HBO when I was a kid, and you know the scene that I of it's course I remember as a kid. Mushroom is, soup is the uh, no no the scene I remember as a kid is is him pulling the guy out of the toilet and right it was the wrong guy right and then making up the story that he'd taken he, like uh, he'd taken a crap and only wiped himself twice or something right. like that. Yeah, right, right, right. But but um the thing is I, I actually had the same feeling of course he's an abusive father but it's only it's kind of only a, because he's a teenager a manif- too a manifestation of all his other absolute craziness right right, right so right. he's this guy who's like obviously um, a very <laughs> successful to some degree mm-hmm. um, marine oh you read the big book of fucking marines and ate every second of it up man and and um, but he's also like um he could have gone further, probably, than being a mm. colonel, but he's got these problems. He's got an alcohol problem. He's got right. a rage problem, which it's yeah. like being Stephen Adler in Guns N' Roses. How do you get kicked out for doing too many drugs? How do you, be, how do you become too rageful for other <laughs> for Marines? For Marines. Right? <laughs> of course. Um, which is people, I know it's a, it's a cliche thing to say that Robert Duvall in The Great Centini is like Steve Adler in, in Guns N' Roses, but I'm going to say it, people. Wow. It's just like that. Uh, yeah, I've heard that all the time. <laughs> I was, I was taking a shit in a public restroom the other day, and it was right there on the wall. Crazy. And then some guy dragged you out because you only wiped twice. Well, no, I fucking wiped three times. A lady. So, um, <laughs> so Robert Duvall. Uh, that wasn't worth that laugh. Not at all. Okay. Thank you for it. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's it's classic, you know, like early 1960s setting, you know, he's moving his family all over the place because, oh, you know, yeah. like Marine Brats. Texas, brats. so it's more 1950s than usual, right? Right. Um, and it's like, he he's clearly um, wants his, he, he regiments his family <laughs> on like Marine time, Dang, right? He wakes like, him up at three o'clock in the morning stand and screaming attention and, and, and Yes, oh, yeah. sir. No, sir. And it's oh, like, fuck. you know, it's like he has the two daughters. Calls everybody sports fan. He has two daughters and then like a son who's so young that they kind of don't matter. It's this one son who's clearly the, the Pat right. Con- Conroy. Pat Conroy, right. The, older, the oldest son. And it's like, you know, you're going to be a Marine no matter what the fuck you want. You can play basketball, but that's only to, like, you know, get notoriety and, and medals and, and right. trophies until you get into the Marines. You're going to do this and that. Right. Um, and it's like, you know, obviously that that's almost a trope, even by the time the great Santini comes around. Um, but it's also this weird, it's got a, like a 70s, Production that's very—I don't know. I guess I'm all over the place because I was just telling you what the, the film's about. But and now I'm critiquing it already. But it's like, well, okay, okay, so, yeah, please, yeah, so, go ahead. Okay, let me see. Yeah, yeah, I think I know where please, you're going with this. Please, okay. please. So there's also this other thing too, where they're basically um, it's there's a '70s ethic in a '60s setting or a '50s setting going mm-hmm. on here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the son who plays Pat Conroy, because they're Marine kids, they've been all over the country. Yeah. Now they're in Texas, where racism is going crazy and oh, well, is rampant. That. Yes, and they, and they don't. And as a kid, this kid has never had access to that kind of thing, so he didn't get it. So his best friend is a black kid. Okay, and so that yes. becomes problematic. So in a sense, there's that that seventies ish, you know, uh, sort of quality coming into a 1950s setting. It's a it's 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 interesting, you know, at that point. But it's that's not, not the best part of the movie. No, it's not. It's actually not. I wasn't going there specifically, but that's something I wanted to touch on. So this film is about this this guy's Touch. relationship 
with his father mm-hmm. and the family's relationship with this nuts father played by Robert Duvall. Right. Um, but it's it's yeah, it tries to take these sort of like um, subplots and and sort of clumsily weave them back to the father in a, in mm-hmm. a weird way. But it's like yeah, there's a whole sort of subplot about racism and like how this black friend who's also of course dirt poor is treated in the south right that was she just felt like completely unnecessary like of course that deserves its own film and it's interesting and it's an interesting subject matter but it's like why in something so complex or not complex hard to do because it could be so cliche like one of the reasons sorry to take this detour is i like darren aronofsky i love the black swan i love pie i love recommend for a dream Mm -hmm. didn't i like the wrestler and one of my biggest problems with the wrestler is that it got too far into the the kid uh you you were never there for me dad (laughs) and it's like it's so hard to take on that that sort of dynamic in the film already and then to mix to sort of like clumsily weave in this thing about race in the south is like Mm. and the way it was handled was very like after school special yeah yeah, it was pretty i didn't like that great and then the other thing is the cinematography i don't know what happened from the early 70s the cinematography was so badass you know like that new york sort of like grainy mm-hmm. we talked we've talked about the colors that are sort of exaggerated like a um, retro the orangey, 50s. oranges yeah and then something in the 70s it was almost like the first stab that we had at um um uh plasma tv or something it you know it, just, it had like a gloss around it that was not fun in the huh. late 70s a lot of films and this is one of them and it's like it's it's one of the problems that happened with Top Gun later on, which is a terrible movie, and I hate it. But it's also it's also about flyers. Holy right. shit! Are you dying? You are just coughing up a lung, my friend. Um, and and it's that it's sort of like a difficulty. Like in the fifties, they had like John Wayne or William Holden, like in Bridges of Tokerai, let's say Tokerai, flying around. But it's like they didn't try to make a map and a geography of jets in the sky. They would have long shots of jets and then William Holden in a jet or John right, Wayne or whatever right, it is. Right, right, right. And this one, they try to do this thing that they, they did in Top Gun later on, which is like, let's like pan the whole sky and like look at the ballet of jets. And it's like, it doesn't work. There's no way to place yourself in it. So <laughs> Not enough clouds. It always looks cheesy. Right. So like that bothered me. And it was like, guys, stay on the fact that you have a hard task in front of you. Mm-hmm. Talking about difficult relationships between fathers and sons, especially right. when it's the military as a background, in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. And when it did that between them, it was interesting because right. he was a fucking piece of shit to his kids. Yeah. And, and clearly because he was insecure himself. Yeah. But this. Yeah, I, because he was a child himself. I mean, he really was a you, kid. You, you yeah, know? you've mentioned that, like a 13 year old, you said, right? Yeah, something like that. And one of the things uh, I have to say, maybe one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when the daughter is trying to get his attention mm-hmm. and talking about the black man she's banging. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. And he's just trying to read, a, he's trying to read his newspaper and ignore her. Yeah. He's just trying to get him to, to, to pay attention to well, her. Well, I mean, what was well done about that was that she, he could ignore her mm-hmm. because she's the girl. And ultimately, even though he knows what she's doing and he should be mad at how she's trying to goad him, right. you know her ta- her task is different from the older son, mm-hmm. the Pat, Pat, uh, Conway character who gets nothing but the full attention, right? right that he doesn't want. So, right. I mean, that part of it, it's got Blythe Danner, who I think is a great <coughs> and underrated actress, even mm-hmm. though she produced uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh God, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody's perfect. Yeah, some um, people are much less perfect than others. Yeah, but I just. Just it's notion. a film that just it could have worked, and Duvall as the lead sort of vehicle is great. But maybe I have to say this: I wonder if it's a reason Duvall isn't the lead 
character in these vehicles more often because it's difficult with all his dynamics to ha- like he's what makes a whole film interesting. He's a part yeah. that makes a whole film interesting. But right. I don't maybe maybe he's too interesting. Yeah, to, I mean, to, I, to pull, to pull, well, I love the Apostle though. I mean, there are movies where it does work and and Tender Mercies and, and yeah, and others, but like but, so, but, the, but Tender Mercies and the Apostle, he's definitely toned down. That's the this point. This is so not toned down. He's like he is very Robert Duvall. Tone it down, Duvall. That big titted hit. And it's mine, Schumacher. Like you know, he really can go over the top hard. Yep. And he, yeah, he spends a lot of his time, particularly in this movie, doing just that. So yeah. that's an interesting thought. Maybe that could be yeah, it. Yeah, it could be. Okay, so now we'll go. Anything more to say about Centennial? No, no. Let's now let's let's go back six years in time here to mm-hmm. go out of order. Yeah. And that's um, 1973, and this is um, a, a definitely a starring Robert Duvall movie called The Outfit. Yes, The Outfit. <sighs> the Outfit. Oh my man. God! What a beautiful, what a beautiful like onesie he was wearing. It's just a stunning outfit. Don't remember this. Yeah, no, because no, the outfit. We're going to joke because uh, it's really they're talking about the mafia, and I was like, as though it were an outfit. Like, yeah. yeah, okay. Anyways, when you make a joke, just ring a bell. We'll okay. Know. So um, they just like ding you in the head. One of the things about this movie, before we get into it, is it's very clearly like of a time and genre. Oh, so like yeah. same year, you have a, this is seventy three with the outfit. You have a film that this smells just like, and that's Charlie Farrick. Well, there's there's, there's the getaway from the year before that this is yeah. a lot like. Yeah. It resembles a little bit like the first like Dirty Harry and Magnum yes. Force, which also Magnum Force came out is in seventy three. Quali- is that quality of film stock that's going on there is very much of that. Well, time it's not only film it's, stock; it's like these films are are quiet. There's a, there's a dirty. F- hey, well, there. Yeah. Okay. There is. Yeah. I mean, they're a mess right. in, in terms of like there's all kinds of action at certain points, but they're very quiet for long periods of time. It's sort of like if you ever go back and want, like YouTube, like um. The Michael Douglas or like the Dick Cavett show. Watch how they used to interview people. They were not afraid to right. ask a question and let there be a little silence until right. someone tried to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It was, and it was kind of, it's kind of fascinating how how much we can't stand, mm. especially what we call an action film, which all of these were. These Mr. Are, Majestic, is, same thing. Right. Charles Bronson. Right. Um, and it's like, sorry, I'll shut up in a second. I know I'm talking <laughs> about, uh, a mile in a minute. <laughs> um, but it's like the, the the ability to sort of have quiet. Still moments to use locations that are like Delano or Bakersfield, right. or, you know, like that type of like like <laughs> shitty country. You really want to get across the feeling of this strip mall motel to yeah. everybody. These yeah, are movies yeah. that feel like a strip motel. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and it's also and it, it, and we can get into the plot for it in a second, but it's not a a very original plot. It, 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 weirdly, no. the first thing I remember. Um, recognizing Duvall in was Bullet. And, right. you know, your dad would always point out that, oh, that's Robert Duvall as the cab driver in 68, right? Before right, right. before he hit it big. Yeah. Um, and in a weird way, it, it doesn't have a too dis- dissimilar plot line to Bullet, to parts of Bullet, which is to say, like, the syndicate, the, the, you know, they've gone after a certain person and he has to sort of try to unravel it. Instead of right, being a right, cop, right. He's, a, he's an ex-con. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, and that's it. It's it's a there's a quality of uh, Charlie Varick to it. There's a quality of t- the killing. This isn't just the fact that they they all share a lot of like cast members too. Right. That definitely occurs. But that's not what I'm talking about. It's this this whole very sort of um, kind of a low low budget noir thing going on there. It's you know the moment yeah. you know the moment he appears he appears with Joe Don Baker. Like what more seventies a moment is there? You who had know? who had been in in Charlie Varick that same year? Right. Along and, with and, some uh, other one, I can't remember her name, but she she played the photographer. Oh, the photographer. Yeah. In Charlie yeah. Varick, and she was in this too. Oh, there's Elijah Cook. There's Elijah uh, Cook Jr. in this. Yeah. Uh, is the, it Alicia Cook Jr.? I, I thought it was always Elijah. I could be wrong. I don't know about that. Um, 
Huh? Not probable that you're wrong, sir. Oh, well, thank you, sir. That's yeah. very kind. Uh, there's also uh, some Carey, uh, Jim, no, Timothy, Tim Carey is in this as well. From he The Killing. In, he was in The Killing. Yep. He was in Paths of Glory. He's in a bunch of movies. Oh, like, he is in Paths of Glory. Of course he is. Actors, yeah. you know, from, from that time period. He's the guy who breaks down, the soldier who breaks down in Paths of Glory. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead. And, um, and it's just such a, it's just, it's just all these these great sort of 70s mo- characters and moments that are going on in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, uh, what am I going to I had a I had a mo I had a thought a second maybe it'll come back to me go ahead you talk okay so that they they it it not only um, <coughs> shares a, a, a lot of the actors that are in these other films but mm-hmm. it also shares because I was talking about like uh, having a, a certain sort of plot line which is to say somebody's been wronged by the syndicate the, right. the mob oh right and that there's something that can be done about it which mm-hmm. is like I don't know if that's if that's um, a product of of um, Robert F. Kennedy's, you know, sort of oh, right, previous right, right. tenure, like the idea we, that we'd explore that something could be done about the mob. Well, or, you know, what's also really funny about it too, and then this always drove my dad fucking bananas about these movies. Mm-hmm. And it come and then, which is that none of them say mafia. Not one of them says mafia. They don't say it in The Godfather. None of those movies in the 70s ever bring in the word mafia. The mafia doesn't exist. Oh, I don't know what you're talking right. about. They're JFK. Yeah, I don't. No, it's because. What's, no, it's just, it's just there's that there's that Tom weird sort Smith, of Smith who lives in the tower might think so, but no. I don't know. But there's this there's this uh, there's a, there was this weird sort of Hollywood in, uh, kind of a I don't know I think it was accused of a certain amount of inauthenticity, like how many you know like mafia movies with Kirk Douglas the Jew as as the mafia head, right? You right. know the Brotherhood, right? Right, and yeah. then with, so there was like Robert Evans, like his thing was to try to take like movies and put them in their context, like make a make a good movie about the mafia that actually has Italians in it. And that was The Godfather, right? right? right. So uh, this is definitely this is definitely pre that moment in Hollywood history. By the way, Zayda, do you remember when The Sopranos got like caught fire by season two, and mm-hmm. um, there was a community of Italian Americans in New Jersey who were boycotting, like that's not what the mafia. We're, and it's like, wait, a get some gabagool in here. <laughs> <laughs> you say that again, I'm gonna bury a fucking liver. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, uh, anyway, yeah. so yeah. I mean, uh, but anyway, so this is the plot line, of course, is that well, this is the, the most unbelievable thing in this film, or right. one of the most unbelievable. He's is, gonna get vengeance it, on the mob. Well, it's a setup. Is that is that his brother, Robert Duvall's brother, who um, gets wiped out by the mob at the very instant that Robert Duvall himself is getting out of prison, right, and finds out about it, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that the mob um, rubbed out the brother and and essentially want want to rub out Robert Duvall as soon as he gets out. Is that the two of them had um, held up a bank in Wichita? Yes, and that it had been a mob drop. Boom. Hello, Charlie, Charlie Merrick. Merrick. Yeah, right. Right. Joe Don Baker was also in that. Mo- in, yeah, in, was part of that crew, right? All right, so you so take the premise a- and you move it around to a couple of different movies, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, Charlie Merrick's a better movie than this, but oh, I was yeah. surprised at how much I liked this movie for a movie I'd never heard of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there, there were some some really nice nice qualities. Robert well, Duvall does. Does hold a screen. He's man. not. He's not bad as a leading guy no. in, in a tough guy role. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about it. he does have the he's Robert the, Mitchum yeah, like yeah, man titties, man titty tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got Joe Don Baker as as a partner. Yeah, who's got even bigger man titties? Oh, who's, sure. even, who's even fatter? I think or he's wearing, out of breath. I think he's wearing a piece too. Oh yeah, he's wearing a definitely, piece in this man, movie. definitely. And which means he was probably wearing a better piece in the in Charlie Barrick. I guess so. Yeah. Um, he, um, it's got um, so so the the whole premise is Duvall just wants to go around and like rip off to the tune of a lot of money and then eventually a quarter of a million dollars. 
right. um, rip off the syndicate. Cause well, it isn't just a rip off. It's to get paid back. Like, they killed his brother for this thing. He's like, I'm going to get you. That's the that's the that's cost the of me not coming back and hitting all your gambling you know, casinos and all like that. Right. Which he, he begins to do to million. show them that he can't. he's capable of doing it. Right, right. So really, I mean, what happens is it becomes a sort of like um, <laughs> montage of, you know, stretch out montage of him in creative ways ripping off the mob and getting away with it. It's kind of fun, fun it's to watch. It's fun to man. watch. Very fun to watch. And it's also fun to watch the the super bad guy, the super mafioso, uh, Robert Ryan of all, of all, of all Italian Americans. I looked up his second to last film. He did executive action with Burt Lancaster and Will Gear oh, after this, but this was his second. Exquisite. Okay. His second to last film. And he's just as in that film, he's phoning it in. Like, this but, is the last of Robert um, Ryan. He's looking not too good. Just, the only thing going on <laughs> me is my liver, and that's basically what you're watching. Yeah, fair enough. Well, fair yeah, enough. but like the, like the super Italian Robert Ryan is there too. So it's just like, it's, yeah. um, but it's an enjoyable movie. It's just not, it's like Grinch is not great cinema. Great cinema, sir. Uh, no. I mean, look, is Charlie Vera great cinema? No, I don't think so. It's better cinema, maybe. It's it is to better cinema. cinema, yeah. But it's but it's great and it's fun to watch. But it has a lot of that, like, and it, it, yeah. Remember Marty? It's like this Mickey Spillane's a hell of a ride. Yeah. Now he sees this broad, and she falls in love with. Him. Then another broad falls in love with him, and he says, "Hey, broads, I only got so much time." And it's like, and yeah, wait these- a minute. This is the same story I was talking to you about last week. Yeah, totally. I mean, so these they right. follow the Spillane, mm. uh, you know, but they posit a middle age. The nineteen seventies, I guess, were the last time. That we, we could felt, be pigs. We felt confident, and and yeah, let, let's put a, a fat middle age. I mean, fucking Robert Duvall in seventy three is not as bad as as Walter Matthau in seventy three. But it's uh, like, how are these guys pulling in pulling in Karen Black tail? <laughs> like, how does that even work? I mean, look, t- like at least- Karen Black is in this movie. Did we for- oh, totally forgot about, totally about that, didn't we? And she can take a hell of a slapping. Well, because oh, she does. She fucking does. Crazy man. It I is can't. a lot of slapping. I was watching this thing and I was laughing nervously. Your wife did not appreciate my nervous. Oh, what were laugh. you doing, by the way? Exactly what, what were you thinking in that moment, dude? Oh, man, because it was hard to I watch. I just had to see it was nervousness on your part. Yeah, pretty that much, was yeah. really stupid. But but it's also, um, I forgot what I was going to say. I got okay. so worked up over that. No, you did. You got really freaking super... Uh, oh, no, I was going to say, this was like someone like Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire shouldn't be uh, uh, the lead sort of he-man of a movie. But Tobey Maguire Whoa. can do Whoa. it because Hollywood has a sense to give him a trainer for eight months. So when he rips his shirt off, he has like a six-pack and like a V you know, right. shape. Right. They did not bother in 1972-73. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I think someone like Steve McQueen like, would like be put pride. in a Massengill commercial back then. He would not, he would not have been the male lead of a movie. Yeah, agreed, man. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, the great Robert Lucky Duvall. Man. I mean, the thing is, I, 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 I think that so much more should be said about Robert Duvall. But the thing is, we take movies that are based on like lead, like the actor of the movie that you associate the movie right. with, and really, you associate Robert Duvall as a sort of like. Um, <laughs> A, you know, an actor who's been in so many great movies and helped them be something, but not as the actor of that movie. Yeah, for the most true. part, and so it's hard to find like a, a. I don't think there's a great movie he was ever in that he was the star of. I can't think of it. I've never seen Tender Mercies though, so I could be wrong. But I would say that 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 the outfit and the outfit did not have the capacity to be a great movie, <laughs> but it is enjoyable. The Great Santini had the capacity to be a great movie, and it was mishandled. Yeah. In, in, in my humble, humble And yet, view. if you were to say, that, if somebody were to say, that's my favorite movie, I would think, well, there's something wrong with you. But yeah. God bless you for having that opinion. I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. Now, if somebody, now, well, that's, that's interesting. Please. If somebody said that The Outfit was my favorite movie, I'd go like, you are really a fucking hipster. You were trying very hard there. Yeah. But I, I can respect that as a thought, too. I guess so, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> 
I would even say something I really just one or hate two hipsters up. That's what I want to know. As when people leave a movie, I've left two movies in my life. Oh, okay. What were those? I don't remember what the first one was actually, but the second one was Pineapple Express. Oh, okay. And not because I like Seth Rogen. Yeah. I think he's funny. There's something about pop movies I just don't get. Yeah. I just don't get why they're funny. It just seems like a Fair someone enough. who's late to the the funny the joke. It's mm-hmm. like people who like spend years thinking you can't make a make fun of gay people, and then suddenly something in them snaps in their fifties and like oh ha 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 titter titter. And it's like yeah, that was that should have happened twenty years ago for right, you, right, right. right? And I, I somehow that's why I didn't like Pineapple Express. But um, See, I, I gotta say, wait wait wait, wait. oh no, it's my whole point was. I normally disapprove of people, but this is one of those movies where like, I wouldn't even fault you for walking out, even though just leaving the movie unfinished, even though I enjoyed it. Right. Because it's, it's just not a... <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I do know. All right. Yeah. I think we got that along. I think we got that across magnificently right there. Yeah, I guess we tortured that. I apologize, Perhaps. everyone. I apologize. All right, Tommy. All right. Do you have anything to plug? Well, yeah. So come check me out on TomSmithComedy.com, please. And uh, more like that. Yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. Please feel free to send us uh, some sort of email asking questions or making comments at uh, finleysonfilm at gmail.com. If you well, that's it, actually. And uh, Tommy, I love you, baby. Yes, you do. Come over here and tongue kiss me. Oh, God, no. Please, no.